Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Learning Circle. Stuff I learned. This was given to me by a, a man who was a dear friend, a business consultant, very well known, uh, especially 20 and 30 years ago, was really, really, uh, he was one of the top consultants in the nation. And Fortune 50 companies would use him to come in and, and teach how to do things differently. And as, as I was studying stuff and getting connected with how people learn, the actual art of learning, which God gives us in his word. There's an art form in how to learn. And the reason that we can't understand things and make uh, look at things critically to analyze them and then to use really good decision making and make judgments, why do I keep making mistakes? We don't understand the process of learning. And it starts with this, so I'm going to show you the circle at the end, but this is the first thing that, that happens for us. And I did this uh, lesson last week, and then one of the things that I forgot was to actually give you the definition of what self-awareness is. Um, with that, I will give you that definition, but I will tell you this. In studying how human beings learn, so there's a whole, there's a whole vein of study that goes with this, 70% of our life learning comes through experience. 70% of what you actually learn through life, and it doesn't matter if you're five or if you're 55, it's experience that becomes the author of your instruction. Does that line up with the Word of God? Yes, read the Proverbs. Because wisdom cries in the streets, Solomon says. Listen, if you, he actually puts her um, in the feminine pronoun and refers to her as a woman. Isn't that wonderful? Because he, he also did this. If you look at it from Proverbs from the beginning, that whole theme about learn from the feminine side ends up with the woman in Proverbs 31 which supposedly was Solomon's mother that he was writing about and making a comparison that all women should be, you know, instead of being arrogant about it, all women should be like my mom. Uh, he, he just refers to the wisdom that there. So when it refers, it says, she is in the marketplace. So it's referring to wisdom from God in that. Why would God do that? Because it's a nurturing experience. You're supposed to receive nurture and training and instruction. Think how much you were little that your mother taught you. How much did you learn from your mom? Oh my gosh. I still remember, you know, and I, I've told you before, I grew up in a bilingual home. I still remember the German sayings my mom would say. You know, these, these funny little sayings that she would have and how she would watch care, how she nurtured me with it. And uh, 
I can't remember all the words now, but she would always talk about hot weather and that uh, the rain would be coming soon, and she would do it in plot She said, you know, oh, it's too hot, you know, and it would, it would be this, it's just too hot out there, and that the rain will be coming soon. And sure enough, it would always, the next day it'd rain, you know. It was just not, uh, it wasn't because she was a brilliant forecaster. It was sayings that she had that she had learned through life, and she taught me so many things. In self-awareness, when we go through learnings, by the way, about 20% of our learning comes from modeling, what I just explained to you with my mom. We get it from observing others. Now, we're up to 90% of how we actually learn as human beings. The other 10% is reserved for formal training. We learn only about 10% of ourselves. Now, it's a very significant and important and impactful 10% school, getting trained, the process of formal education, one plus one equals? Yeah, I was never good at geography. Though that's, but it's really important. That 10% can be a key in some ways. So don't discount it because it's the lower number. But 70% of your learning comes through experience. But most people don't know how to evaluate their experiences. So they end up, here's another statistic that's not very good. Over half of adults are blocked learners in some way or another. How does that happen? Well, have you ever said to yourself, why do I keep doing that? What? Jeez, do I have to go around this mountain again? All those other little sayings that you came up with. And we get these learning blocks in us because we don't understand the wisdom that God's trying to instruct us with through an experience. Um, There used to be an old church saying that said this, good judgment comes through experience. Experience comes through bad judgment. We we set ourselves up so you go through this. So in the first thing that we need to be aware of is self-awareness. Now the definition of self-awareness is that A person is aware of their own personality and individuality regarding the circumstances and surrounding that they're in. I'm aware of myself. Isn't that a little bit egotistical? No, that would be a definition of self-absorbed. The self-aware person goes, huh, how am I affecting this? The self-absorbed person says, huh, this is sure affecting me again. Do you see the difference? There's a, uh, somebody who's self-absorbed isn't trying to figure it out. They're, they're caught in their own thoughts, activities, interests. Uh, we would call it egotistical, self-obsessed, self-seeking, self-serving, selfish, ish. But self-aware is very different. Self-aware, the person walks in the room and goes, huh. And they notice that everybody turned and looked at them. They weren't glad about that. They went, huh, how did that happen? Okay, I had an experience up in Iowa. 
in which I'd been out on the river in the morning and I caught some really good fish. I came in at lunchtime and I cleaned those really good fish. And we were going to go back out on the river right away, my nephew and I, only I had lost a really good lure that the fish were biting on. So I went to the lure selling store. Uh, that's also called Fleet Farm. So I went to Fleet Farm. I'm walking through the aisle going to buy a lure, and the young man comes up to help me, and he goes, been out on the river? I was in the self-awareness zone. So I was going to play with him and go, no, why do you ask? But I didn't. I went, yeah, was it that obvious? And he started giggling. I said, I'm sorry, buddy. I said, we're going right back out. So I said, I know, I, Lord, he stinketh. Uh, those are the kind of things. You become self-aware. You notice that somebody else is noticing. And you, this is also what happens in self-awareness. You understand a self-aware person starts uh, analyzing things immediately and can know that consequences are going to happen. An issue arises, maybe a conflict, maybe not a conflict, maybe a joke, maybe an offhanded comment, maybe somebody does something that's a little weird. Now, I live in Cass County, so that's frequent. And uh, that was for all of us that live in Cass County, not a put down. Uh, if you want a really good experience, go to the Raymore Walmart after 11 <laughs> at night and go shopping. Uh, my daughter one time, so this is, I love Cass County, wouldn't live anyplace else, but my daughter one time sends me a picture and said, Dad, Dad, this was several years ago, like 10 or 15 years ago, they're tailgating at Walmart. <laughs> in the parking lot and there wasn't a game they had the barbecue grill set up they were just having a good time right there oh well enough of that it's my silliness hopefully you get my humor a little the whole idea of being able to notice and be self-aware is to get you to have ownership of an issue. When something happens, it's just like that. I could have been offended that that young man went <laughs> before he asked me if I'd been on the river. Now, if I hadn't been on the river, it might have been very offensive. But it says when you notice that, when you're self-aware, you understand consequences are occurring. Decisions, evaluations are being made. And... Uh, when you can take that to yourself and go, huh, the self-aware person doesn't go, why is this happening to me? The self-aware person says this, uh, something's happening here and I'm affecting things. How am I affecting things? And then they immediately move to seeking help from God. That's when, listen, what I said earlier we have such access. We have immediate access to God through the Holy Spirit living in us. You don't have to go to a religious place. As a matter of fact, we sing the songs. And I, love, I love those songs this morning. But you know what? I am the secret place. 
I'm the secret place. Why? Because God lives in me. I'm the house of prayer for all nations because God lives in me. That's where I go. I go into, I can immediately seek God. There's no distance. There's no delay. God isn't up in heaven seven clouds that I have to get over to see him. He's with me. He's Emmanuel. And so we always do that at Christmas and forget this Christmas every day. God is, God is with us. He is my Emmanuel. And he's right there to help me. So immediately you can go into the, into the second part of the learning circle, which is prayer and the word. And it's in, this is the exact point. So I gave you this teaching a couple of weeks ago, but about the role of the Holy Spirit and that he's our teacher. He's our counselor. He's the one that can give us immediate advice. And he can speak into your heart. Do you, know, do you hear a voice inside of you? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. And I can distinguish between my inner voice and him. Not everybody is as sensitive to that. Doesn't mean I'm more than that. A lot of it is training myself to hear God. Implementing and knowing how God speaks and the ways that he uses to speak to us. And that's open to every person. As a, it's not a special gift. But even when you're not going, that was the Holy Spirit's voice, he'll work with your conscience that'll speak to your internal voice. That makes sense? He can speak to you. We call it speaking to your heart. He can, give you, he can just drop something in there and you go, huh, I haven't seen it that way before. So that's really what prayer's for. But prayer gets enhanced when I study the scriptures with it. When I'm going through a learning experience, one of the things I always do is say, Lord, show it to me in your word. Now that can be as simple as I me. Mean, have you ever? I know you've done this. Flip the Bible open, and wherever it lands, you can put your nose on the spot. Well, that's one way. But another way is you get gotten so familiar with the Word that the Holy Spirit inside you goes um, Ephesians two, and you open Ephesians two, and then that scripture is just like a lightning bolt. It just goes, and he starts speaking to your heart from the Word. So I, in in part of the process of going through learning, always ask the Lord to show you in his word and then be mindful to look. Look in his word and ask him. Not everything that occurs requires us to do a deep soul searching. Sometimes the issue that you're going through is someone else. It's not you. There's a whole lot of people who spend all the time, that's where you go and you kind of self-absorbed there. It's not all about you. Sometimes it's somebody else. Sometimes it's somebody else's self-absorbed issues. However, big however, this does not mean that we can't learn from that situation. It can be somebody's issue and I can still gain wisdom and understanding for my life and not trying to change theirs. Now, some of that is listening and listening skills and we're going to do that in a few weeks. Um, 
too many people, <clears throat> too many believers, followers of Jesus, listen to people to fix them. To tell them what's wrong with them. To show them a better way of doing or living life instead of just listening. I need to be listened to. You can ask Brenda. I, I process with Brenda just about every, everything. Um, her and the Holy Spirit are like this. So, And I just process with her. And here's the thing. I don't want her to fix. And there's times I have to say that to her. Because she's sorry, she's got a gift of exhortation. She gets stuff from the Lord. But sometimes I just want to say, just, just listen to me. Do you know that's why a lot of people are wanting to talk to you? And it's also why a lot of people aren't wanting to talk to you. Because they want to go to the one that will hear them. And hearing is an is an art form in the process of learning. Not to fix them, but to listen. When people, I always do this. When I think I have something, I always ask people, do you want me to just, I tell them just directly. Do you want me to respond or just listen to you? And sometimes, if they just say, listen to me. And when they say, no, I want you to respond, I'll say, do you want my opinion? That way they don't mix it up with I'm giving them God. Do you want my opinion? And then I always tell them, it's my opinion and it can go in the trash can. I could be seeing this wrong. And then I give it to them. And then they smile and say thank you and leave. No, just kidding. Really is a time. The time in prayer and the word is for a, a time to ask God to show you and teach you and to ask over his word. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious, don't have anxiety for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, this is, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In the process of learning, if you don't have peace with God, you're not learning right. Ouch. Even in the midst of a difficult circumstances where there doesn't seem peace, you can still have peace. Um, it's still possible. Yes, it is. Even in the midst of a conflict, you can have the peace of God be with you and he'll bring you right back to it. The next part of the learning circle is really, it's one of my favorite, 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 all-time favorite parts. And this is understanding. This is where uh, you're just starting to move in understanding what's going on. And there's four little steps that you can walk through every situation asking yourself. And these are all, they're all biblical steps, but it's this. And this is a time where, like, you're not with the person. You're right not in the midst of it. You've gone away. Something went awry. You got in a conflict or something good or bad occurred at work. All sorts of things can happen. If you do this and just use these things, first one is this, observe uh, the facts 
and the actions that occurred. You do that by asking yourself simple questions and you write it down in front of you. I don't hardly write it down anymore because I have this thing so memor. I've used this so much that I, I do it. I have a, uh, it's like a well-worn path in my mind to go through. But what did I do is a really good question to ask yourself and then write down the answer. What, what did I do here? What did I not do? What did I leave out? Did I say something I shouldn't? Did I put that in such a way that it put them off? You start asking yourself some questions and write down the answer. You'll be shocked at what you're going to teach yourself. And to move you out of blocked learning. What did the other people, person, do? What was the situation? Or not do? And then literally, one of the things that helps me is to think through, what happened? How did, the, how did this go this way? What, what actually occurred of why I'm not feeling okay? Next thing you do is the insights that you get from... The, the next question is, why did I do it that way? What did I do to cause them, these are the insights you can get, to react or behave? What was my part in it? This is where you're becoming, where that self-awareness gets in there. Instead of looking at them that this was their fault, that's easy to do. It's easy to sidestep and move into this is their fault, this is their behavior. Uh, don't do that. Ask yourself, <laughs> What created this situation for me? I thought, and then you fill in the blank. I was thinking this. And then haven't you had this? Because remember, uh, it's through words that we most often create offenses. Not, not through our actions. It's almost always through words. And have you been in those settings where the words come out, man, you just want to grab them? right in the air, you know it came out awkward, grab them right there and go, you know what? That's coming out in a way that I don't mean it to come out. Let me take those words back because that's not the way I want to say that and then say it the way you want to say it or that it should be said. So I got handed a book before we went to Northern Ireland, well, a couple of years before we got there because the culture was so different and the language was, you know, uh, English-speaking people are the only people group divided by a common language. Yeah. So they gave me this little book that said, Nor an iron as she should be spake. And it had all the idioms and what it meant. And you don't want to use some idioms in America because they mean something very offensive over there. Like, you don't call these pants Pants are undergarments. These are trousers. There's all sorts, you know, so in looking at how we use words, and you're going through a learning opportunity, remember with the insights that you get, how were my words coming out? Did they have a harsh tone to them? Could I have raised my voice seven decibels and not knowing it? Now, some of this has to do with personality. Because inside uh, very strong personalities, 
they don't understand they've raised their decibels. You, you go, the other person goes, why are you yelling? Which they're yelling it back at him. You, you get my drift. You go, I, I'm not yelling. What are you talking about? That's because inside of them, they think they're at a two and you're hearing it at a 12 and a half. Or a six. Yeah. Yes, you can. You don't even have to talk. You can use this. With children, we call that rolling the eyes. Or you use non, you know, there's lots of nonverbals you can use. Uh, I, I tend to, oh, I'm going to tell myself here, I'll sigh. <sighs> In that one little, <sighs> are a thousand words. But that's part of the learning. You can't fix what you're not aware of. So in self-awareness, all these things are getting me to a place of self-awareness. And then you go to feelings. Um, feelings aren't necessarily right or wrong, but what you do with them can be. How you're feeling something, doesn't don't take a right or wrong connotation with that, because feelings are filters for us. It's how we process stuff. We actually, you can do this through study and learning of how the way people respond and react. Because the feelings can direct that. Feelings can be a rudder on the boat. If they turn a little bit to the left and they turn too much, man, that boat... You know, all of a sudden it's taking a hard left and going back up upstream instead of downstream. So you really have to guard. I know, you know, some people emotionally think and other people think emotionally. There's two different ways of going through that. And the best thing that I found is asking the Holy Spirit, help me guard my emotions. For some people... And some personalities, they can come off as an insensitive jerk. But by the same token, very sensitive people can get their feelings hurt all the time and then it shuts them down. And you can't learn. Um, one of my greatest strengths is my sensitivity. One of my greatest weaknesses is my sensitivity. It can be, it's not right or wrong. It's just you have to learn to let the Holy Spirit become the regulator of that in your life. And you're going to start learning in a better way. And you start moving out of learning blocks. Why am I doing that the same way? Now, the final thing you got to look at, and that we'll look at today, motives. Motives are a strange thing. It's so easy for me to see other people's motives because I assign it to them through their behavior. You did that because... And there's an automatic pilot that happens with our motives. We don't tie it to our behavior. Um, I didn't mean to do anything wrong, therefore I didn't. That's a faulty equation. My behaviors can be 
very wrong and my motives can be very right. Motives don't always generate into behavior. We just think they do. This is where, now think of the times and the questions that, that people came up throughout the Gospels. They asked Jesus questions. And he knew immediately, it says, and he knew what was in men's hearts. He knew their motives. And so he would never, it's a funny thing. You never see Jesus directly answer somebody through those situations. The rich young ruler, the different things. Lord, judge between my brother and I. Who made me judge? He asked him a question. You know what he's really saying to the guy? You want me to be God in your life? Is that what you're asking me? Or do you want something your brother has? And, he, and Jesus understood the motive in the man's heart. And he gets there. The Holy Spirit's Jesus. You can't tell them apart. Jesus wants to get at your motives. What's, what's deep inside of there? What's generating it? Always look at yours and be a very careful attributing behavior to motives in somebody else. You did that because... You don't know their hearts like Jesus does. Well, the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. I have to give it to discernment. Uh Uh-uh. Don't buy it. You're judgmental. You're just calling it a discernment to make it okay. They're evil because they do this. Really? I know a couple politicians that might be true of, but never, never mind. One final word when it becomes, when when it comes to motives Be careful of this word, guile. It's a little word that means a whole lot. Guile in its nastiest form, and it means this, doing whatever is necessary to come out on top. And guile can slip into a believer's thought process and heart because we all have a tendency to be self-protective. Matter of fact, it happened through the process of growing up. The things that you used when you were little to protect yourself when they become an adult, those become sinful patterns in our lives and don't work anymore because they're filled with guile to self-protect you. Maturity actually says this, think in what Jesus said about this. I will the whole the whole new covenant is about what Jesus will do not about what you have to do i will and he wants to take care of you so you can let loose of being having to protect yourself well they'll run over top of me well jesus said bless those who persecute you so if they ask you for coat give them your shirt it's so contrary to how we think up here because we have guile. There's a famous story when Philip brings uh, Nathaniel, or Andrew brings Nathaniel. I can't remember which one now. But he brings Nathaniel. So the very name, Nathaniel means gift of God. And they're walking up because he has this converse, they have this conversation that says, you know. <laughs> He says, come and see the Messiah, right? And grabs Nathaniel. Come and, come and see what he, who, who he is. He's like, uh, I don't know. This guy, I don't know. I, I just, 
have a lot of questions. I don't know if it could be him or not. They're walking up, and Jesus looks at Nathaniel. I can almost see him pointing. He's talking to the other. He said, behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. He had questions, but no guile. He was a gift of God. To be without guile is a gift of God. He says, look, Israelite in whom is no guile. And he says, how do you know me? And we all know the famous story. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. We think he's prophesying that he just saw him meeting with the other guy. There's, an old, there's a Jewish idiom that meant this. Under the fig tree was saying, <clears throat> she's in a motherly way. It was a nice way of saying she's pregnant. She has a baby on the way. And so the terms that we use today... Under the fig tree, now did Jesus mean both? Yes, he was a grand user. Was he really using this? I don't know, but I love to think so when I hear the story. Because he says, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before all the stuff happened in your life, Nathaniel, I knew you. And Nathaniel's response when there's no guile is what? You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. He knew. He knew there was, a, there was a deep connection. We can have that when we go through our life learning. When there is a guile there, you can learn from every situation. If there's guile, you'll always use self-protection and you'll get blocked. Even in ugly situations. I hate ugly situations. I'm a conflict avoider. And man, God put me in ministry. It's one of the most conflict-ridden things in life that I know of other than politics. And I'd worked in that before I did ministry. So it's... If you can get to the place and let loose and just say, I really would like to learn, show me. That releases that grip on guile that says, you know what? Maybe I do yell. You know what? Maybe I am sarcastic. You know, after about 12 or 15 people go, you're really sarcastic. Um, you're going, no, I'm not. I just see things differently than you. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe other people notice something you're not seeing. And that the way you say it you may not feel it, again, emotions, in your heart, but if you have guile that protects that from you could be wrong. Wow. Could you be wrong? Oh, yeah. I've been wrong a bunch in my life. I've been right a bunch in my life. But when I learned to deal with the wrong, I got more of the right. You can get more of the right if you learn to deal with the wrong. And we'll look at those next steps and how you do that. So I, I hope this is grabbing you in a very practical way. Start to just take a situation that you've been through lately. Haven't been through any. <laughs> then you're very self-absorbed <laughs> and not self-aware. I guarantee you, everybody sitting in this room, matter of fact, three of you couples probably had a fight on the way into church. So... No, I'm not going to name the three couples. I have no idea. Just pulling that out of the hat. You know, 
We all have these situations. Begin to write it down. The other thing about learning is this. People tend to remember more and better when they write things down. You want to remember something? Write it down. You want to memorize scripture? Write them out longhand and see what it does. So let the Lord just take you through some patterns. We'll look at the next things and the next steps. It may take a couple of weeks. But when this circle of learning gets complete and you start changing the way you're problem solving and decision making, you'll be shocked at how much it helps. You put it into practice and it can change how you're going to live. really can. The Holy Spirit will use it. Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us in this room. I pray for myself again. Let me take back in these concepts these God-given things in life, that you want my heart to fly. You want me to win. You've made me to win. You put your blessing in my life so that I would have that, that I would, uh, what Romans says in Romans 5, that I would reign in life through grace. Oh my gosh. Grace us with understanding. Grace us with your presence and your, your, just your, your funny ways of instructing us. And let us be Nathaniel in your sight. Let us be one without guile, without self-protection and all the selfishness. Let me loose of all that. I don't want to do what it takes to come out on top. I want to do you. I want to be everything that you want for me. And I submit myself to you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Would you love on each other as you go?